Just letting you know, this is a more mature episode of PopCat where I cover HBO's Lovecraft Country and season two of The Boys with WSC alum Ben Bjorklund. All right, but no, pretty much uh, this is the third episode of PopCat, and I'm here with uh, it's me, DJ Drew, also known as Andrew, and uh, my special guest here is uh, Ben Bjorklund, WSC alumni. Yeah, I'm out of here. So uh, how does that feel being out now? <laughs> I should have never gotten my education. <laughs> I mean, no, it's great. Uh, it's great to be done. <laughs> God. Oh, God, what do I do now? <laughs> but no, to uh, give the people a little bit of uh, background on you, uh, well, why don't you let them know what your major was? Uh, applied communications with an emphasis on theater, art, and drama, and a minor in cinema arts. And you uh, also directed a couple of films up here in I the Hot Attic. did. I was one of the original Hot Attic directors Ooh. right at the beginning of Mike White's career. But no, pretty much, uh, I'm going to have to eventually do a whole episode where I have uh, some of the old Hot Attic people on, maybe get you and Zach in ooh, here. Ooh, ooh, uh. I don't know if you want Zach and me on <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a whole different show. <laughs> You'd lose that one pretty quickly. But no, pretty much, because uh, like, as I walk past, for those of you who don't know, there's on the fourth floor of Humanities on campus, there are all these different posters up of all the films that have been done from the beginning, starting with the end, going to the most recent one as of late, which is Sigmund Dora. And then eventually there'll be my film's poster up there. But it's always interesting looking at it and just being like, oh, which one was I involved in or which one was I not involved in? Because mm-hmm. uh, I realized, like, I tried to be like, I tried to weasel my way out of believing that I was in some because I was just like, oh, I wasn't in. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, I was in. The first one I was in was uh, Three Breaths Underwater. Where I played Ooh. a professor, <laughs> a professor, a twenty-year-old at the time got to who yeah, looks who looked younger than the lead. <laughs> got to play Brian a professor. Chavez. But no, uh, that was very uh, inspiring because I got to play a professor, and then before that, in Kerfuffle, I uh, Kerfuffle. I got to uh, there's play. There's a movie everyone's <laughs> pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I got to play an RA. <laughs> And then how that happened was I uh, I read it on set. It was supposed to be because the whole thing takes place uh, in a female dorm, that scene. And it was supposed to be a female RA who you were supposed to see on camera. And then she didn't show up. So they were like, Andrew, just read it. And I was like, yeah, hey, guys, can you guys keep it down? And then after the fact, it was just like, well, we can't get her to record it. So can you go record it? And it just sounds like this super crisp, like, pampered audio. It just me and be like, hey, guys. guys <laughs> I don't want to rain on, on your, your little parade you got in there, but could you, would you please keep it down? Man, and the way Dakota looks off camera is just like you would think, like, a demon or something opened the door. Like it's well. Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man, no. But, uh... <laughs> no, but pretty much the, uh... I gotta admit, I feel like the, uh... Do, appearing in the Hot Attic movies kind of led me to getting the acting bug. and Because I originally was a business administration minor. And then my, uh... I, like, for some reason, it just didn't click with me. And then I was like, okay, if I have any business, need any business consulting, my friend is out in Virginia getting his master's <laughs> in business. And I'm like, I can ask him whatever question. But the, uh, no, but I guess that's how I got the acting bug and hopped over there. Oof, she's a bitch to be bit by, let me tell you. Oh, There's yeah. no money in it, but you just love it. You love it so much. <laughs> no, I also got this uh, tortured artist thing, I guess, just doing, <laughs> being a film writer a director and wanting to get into acting you're you just you have that voice deep down i guarantee that i have that's like i can't do anything with this like i'm not gonna make money but then that louder voice that just overpowers it like no 
<laughs> no, nah, fuck that. I can do it. <laughs> right. Well, no, I guess, uh, what made you realize, like, you were like, oh, I'm an actor? Uh, so, I didn't try acting until my senior year of high school. And uh, I did one act, we did pretty good, and then I did speech, and I went to state, double-entered, and I meddled. I was like, damn, I really, really like this. Like, really, really like this. Like, this is the happiest I think I've ever been. And so, like, two months before graduation, I switched colleges in my major. Right. No, I, uh, not growing up in Nebraska, like, until fifth grade onward, uh, I really didn't notice, like, speech is huge in Nebraska mm-hmm. compared to other places. Like, especially having been in Mississippi for a while, like, every, like, everybody does speech, like, whether it's, uh, especially back in high school, whether it's jocks or, like, people involved in athletics or not even, like, mm-hmm. everybody just kind of corrals on that. And, like, you kind of get to see where people go from from there, whether it's, like, public speaking or acting or that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, what would you say in your storied career uh, as a uh, Wayne State College student uh, what is your most memorable play, would you say? Play? Uh, I'm going to say two, because there's two I really, really, really liked. And one was How Shakespeare Won the West, which Zach, the other guy he was talking about earlier, was in. And then Frankenstein. I just really liked those plays. All right, and uh, what would you say was your most, like... Uh, like Murphy's Law kind of moment in theater, like anything that can't go wrong will go wrong. Uh, Murphy's Law. I'd say uh, in Alice in Wonderland, we had one show where our lead actress, the girl playing Alice, passed out. I mean, just face planted five minutes into the show. And then halfway through it, one of the other actresses got sick. And so she's like, I can't go on. Um, so. It was me and one other actress trying to do, like, a four-person scene. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's funny. When shit goes wrong in theater, you, for me at least, I got really calm. I was like, well, this thing is the calmest I've been in a long time. No, that's one of the things I'd say because uh, I'm going to be in uh, talk radio this uh, semester, which will be – my first play, because the previous semester, uh, your last semester, we mm-hmm. were supposed to do uh, Pirates of Panzance, which was yes. a musical. And I'm more uh, musically gifted than I am acting-wise. <laughs> uh, so I was way up for that. And uh, I was going to be the police chief. Yeah, yeah. Or constable. Or the or sergeant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. sergeant. Yeah, sergeant. And so uh, pretty much that got halted due to COVID and... It would have been interesting to see how that turned out. But with this, I'm actually really excited uh, to be on stage in some form or fashion. Of course, of course. But no, uh, pretty much shifting, since we're talking about acting <laughs> so much, uh, Ben not only being a WSC alum is my roommate, and we've Ooh. been watching a couple of shows together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... I guess pretty much we'll start with we've been watching uh, Amazon Prime's The Boys, and you can listen to my uh, the previous episode I did with uh, Professor Sean Ahern, where uh, we talked a bit about that. But pretty much uh, Ben and I are going to give our thoughts on the whole season. But I guess to start out, what do you think going into the season? Like, I mean, they had changed. Uh, mm-hmm. The way they formatted it, it wasn't all in one go. So what do you think just after the first three episodes? Oh, man. Like, it was a debate because part of me was like, give them all to me. I want to just binge them. But I really – it's one thing, like, doing the week-by-week shows, like, you really get cliffhanger feels. And that makes you like, oh, my God, I got to get to the next week now. Right. It makes the hype and the experience so much more enjoyable. So – I think at first I was like, man, that's stupid. Just release them all. But I really did enjoy getting our weekly view of the boys in. Right. I got to admit, when they uh, s- said they were doing the uh, the first three, 
and then the once a week model i was like oh this is their biggest show and then they're uh doing this so they can like drum up more mm-hmm. eyes for the show and it definitely worked because i was seeing different articles and things like that where they said it was the most uh like near like mostly watched as the netflix top tens of uh their weekly viewing so i definitely think they won't be willing to let this show end for a while bezos is gonna be like you will do more than five seasons yeah jeff bezos is just like look also i was thinking i was just like if the show ever gets canceled i'm like this is a platform owned by one of the richest man men the, in the world. The richest. The richest. Yeah. Uh, the divorce set him back like a couple of days, and then he regained his wealth. <laughs> Legit. I, I think it was a month, and he was back to where he was. But no, uh, it was definitely Isn't that a crazy thing. The richest woman in the world is only that rich because she got a divorce oh, from yeah, the no. richest man in the world. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, with that whole thing, I was just saying, I was like, man, if this gets uh, divorced, if this gets canceled, uh, it's going to be bad because, like, Bezos could pay to just have it, like, done and up there. Mm-hmm. I'd be so mad. Oh, my God. Like, if they, like, canceled the boys but then renewed, like one show uh, adventures of miss Maisie or something oh marvelous uh yeah, yeah. miss Maisie. i'll be like or no Fleabag. offense to the show i haven't seen it i'm sure it's great but i'd be like what the f- nobody fucking watches it <laughs> no they're legit a bunch of shows on uh net netflix uh amazon prime where like when they all got nominated for emmys i was like who watches what like what like these? it was the first time me hearing that show existing that's why I also think the boys have to be one of their big money maker because I didn't see any advertising for those other shows that got Emmy noms, but there was a ton of advertising for the boys, I felt like. Right, no, I saw that everywhere. Like, most recently, uh, Entertainment Weekly, like, the boys had their digital cover with Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also had a just, like giant interview with the whole cast and it was just funny looking at it because uh in the show they have anthony star in like a, a suit with the muscles and everything <laughs> and like he's like small like a normal sized guy <laughs> but seeing him out of the suit was a little jarring because it was like oh yeah isn't, okay. he, isn't he a brunette too so yeah like, it's super that's weird, weird. <laughs> No, just, like, seeing him and uh, Carl Urban just be normal people and not play psychos <laughs> is just super interesting. Oh, my God. Oh, I can imagine. I don't know if I met him on the street. I don't know how I'd act. Oh, Carl Urban or no, Anthony uh, Starr? Anthony Starr. Carl Urban, I'd be like, I know you from Lord of the Rings, dude. Like, you're awesome. No, he seems like one of the most, uh, like, Anthony Starr it seems like, like, I've never seen the most, like, the ratio of, like, people you'd walk past in the mm. street and not recognize, but also just, like, God-tier acting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I honestly think uh, Amazon will try to get uh, him and Carl Urban uh, for the next Emmys with this season. Oh, I believe it, and they should. Because <laughs> especially, like, after the season finale, like, uh, this review I list, I watched just talked about how Anthony Starr, like, just goes through, like, every emotional spectrum mm-hmm. in that one episode, and it's just, like, and, like, Carl Urban does a good job throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. like, and he's good at just playing Butcher, but, like, Anthony Starr's Homelander, I'm, I'm just, like, I'd be intrigued to see what he does after the boys. Hopefully that this like really kickstart stuff for him because he's great. I feel like I don't know. It might be hard for him though. Sometimes uh, when you play a part so well, you get typecasted. I feel like you easily get typecasted as the yeah, like how pe- like people were talking about like oh, Anthony Starr should play uh, Reverse Flash because mm-hmm. he's so good at playing a psycho, and I'm like. I'd love, I like, I'd like to see him yeah, a co- in a comedy or something, just I'm to sure like. I'm sure it would be good, but break like, the type. Put him in a rom com for God's oh, sake! No, definitely <laughs> no. not a rom com. He's a 
it's like a <clears throat> rom-com that switches to a horror the last like 45 minutes because he he's a charming soci- sociopath in that one so he like gets the girl and then it just flips us and he's just like not only does he get the girl but he murders people <laughs> or like whatever it is she's got to put him down to save herself <sighs> <laughs> it's just really dark. No, recent on Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, no, but the uh, I definitely think like afterwards, like get him in a couple of like A twenty four movies. Oh yeah, I can see it. And like he's definitely gonna take over Hollywood. Mark my so. words. I hope so. You heard it here, Anthony Starr. When you get really famous, you owe us money. But no, uh, I know you and me haven't talked about this like uh, personally. But they're doing a uh, Amazon greenlit a spinoff show for the boys, where like imagine uh, like Sky High in the boys universe, <laughs> like it's like all these heroes go to a college and like get taught how to it's, use their powers it's and like stuff a legit like that. Comic book, or is it just a spinoff? I th- oh no, that's not in the comics at all. Okay, it's so uh, like a... seeing that they're gonna do their own thing. Like I'm just like oh they're just like oh the boys is the most. Popular. Like, popular money-making things. Oh, we need more of the boys. We're not going to pull a Game of Thrones where we try to get the prequels in after everyone's left the fan base. Right. <laughs> They're like, we're going to hit that while the metal's hot. No, but uh, I definitely think, like, especially if... I doubt it have the same showrunner involved. Uh, but it'd definitely be interesting to see if he's part of the team somehow. Maybe producing, probably won't write or direct, but I could see him at least producing. Yeah, but no, it'd be nice to see, but, like, I'm also, like, I don't need too much of a good thing. I was going to say, like, you said the concept. It sounds very, very intriguing. Like, I'll give it a watch for sure, but um, the little voice in my head's kind of like, may not be the best idea. It could be great, but right. sometimes when people take, like, a creative universe and then make their own shit, they kind of mess it up. Right. No, like, especially with uh, Game of Thrones. Like, because yeah, that was the previous thing we watched. And it was just, like, that was a roller coaster of, like, I sped through season one through seven. Mm-hmm. And then once we started watching season eight after, like, once it got to the long night, I was like, Ah, and then, like, a couple of weeks later, it was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And so that, like, all that, <laughs> even though it won't be the same people working on it, it just definitely impacts my thoughts of the uh, Targaryen show that they're mm-hmm. going to do. Oh, 100%, because it made me immediately think, like, you could tell the minute they stopped writing off of George R. R. Martin's books and had to make up their own crap, and that's when it derailed, and I'm like... For the Targaryen series, they'd be making up a lot of their own right. stuff, so... No, but I know that uh, George R. R. Martin, like, while while he was like, oh, people can, if I don't write the next book, like, <laughs> he stopped writing the next book just to be like, let me just talk about all the Targaryens in one book. And, like, yeah, that's fine. Like, he can do what he wants, but, like... He's got to recognize, like, the uh, supply and demand of what he's got. Because he's, he's like a a college student, honestly, that just is like, I do not want to finish this fucking essay. Legit, so yeah. I'm going to go off and write another book about the pre, like, here's the history. Here's more history of this world. Oh, great. Great. Can you finish the main story, then give us the history? Now. <laughs> like, legit, George R. R. Martin is like, uh, like, like that kid in a group where like either he nails it all the time or he's just like and eh. and he helps you out but he's <laughs> yeah. just like well whatever what, you can <laughs> i don't know but i get people's worries because like he's george r. r martin is not a spring chicken anymore he is like an elderly gentleman like he's got more years uh behind him than he does ahead of him, him. and uh, yeah, he's closer to the end than the beginning now and i get people's concern because <laughs> it'd be like if uh, like Definitely doesn't look the healthiest either. That's like, it'd be like if Back to the Future 1 and 2 happened, and then it's just like, that's it. Like, you'd be like, no, but we need Back to the Future 3. Yeah, well, Robert Zemeckis died, so what do you want? <laughs> what? No, one uh, franchise that they should end before somebody passes away is uh, Fast and Furious? Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana, Harrison Ford wants Indiana to die. When they announced it... <laughs> When Kathleen Kennedy announced, hey, we're making Indiana Jones 4, and Harrison Ford's returning, and he's thrilled to be back, I was like, 
They're going to kill him. Oh, my God. I just called it Indiana Jones 4. That's how much I hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, it doesn't even register in my brain. No, what are you talking about? There's only three. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, I still got to finish that third movie. Like, because... Last Crusade? Yeah. You you didn't finish Last Crusade? Mm Mm-mm. I know what we're doing when we get back to our apartment. No, first two were good, and then the... uh, and then I'm waiting to get to the third and final <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. It's not as good as uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's much better than Temple of Doom. Right. It's, it's got Sean Connery in there as his father. No, but the, uh, I guess in other uh, HBO news, uh, we've watched uh, all nine episodes so far of Lovecraft Country. Hell yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Lovecraft Country is a... A horror book written by Matt Ruff, mm-hmm. and so far, not a lot of people knew it was a book. Like I was surprised to know it was a book. Yeah. Like I think it was that second episode when it was like adapted from um, Matt Ruff's book, and I was like, "Oh." I think I only know because uh, all our cookies now on the internet. Uh, er- after after I was watching it on Audible, they like sent me like, "Hey, this book's on sale," and I was like, "How do you know I'm watching that show?" Right, yeah. <laughs> be like the the government control is just like hey how about not even government control it's just like hey how about we sell your info like on a side tangent when people uh went after mark zuckerberg <laughs> and i'm like how could you sell oh, all of these and i'm just like come on no everyone does it because i remember i ordered something on amazon and then wish sent me a bunch of ads for it and i was like what are you doing? What's going on here? <laughs> be like, because if you're going to sell your information to any company, it needs to be an American, American company. company. I mean, that's true. <laughs> no, but the... Amen, uh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the uh, Lovecraft Country was definitely a surprise hit for me because it's got um, Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. and... Uh, I, you got me all messed up. I'm thinking uh, it's got Jesse Smouillet. Yeah. Is that what you think? Yeah. <laughs> Juicy uh, it's got Journey Smollett, and uh, yeah. it's a, it's a really good show. And it's it got uh, Michael good. K. Williams, mm-hmm. and it's like very intriguing, very interesting. It's not like being a person who's seen a decent amount of horror movies. It's like it's good at getting the horror vibe across without just doing jump scares. Yeah, I don't. Has there even been any jump scares in this show? I don't remember I'd say any. just in the first episode, mainly, with the creatures. Oh, yeah. But even then, it wasn't it wasn't normal jump scares where, you know, the music... But it's more like the rising. shining kind yeah. of horror. Like, yeah. it's like setting up the atmosphere. Yeah. It's doing very well. Very well at that. But no, pretty much it's uh, it's just about, like... All these, these uh, people dealing with, like, magical issues during... Uh, post-segregated times. I don't think... Oh, no, yeah, pre-segregation. It's 50s, yeah. It's, I In think the, it's 56. It's, yeah. it's not even... The Civil Rights Act hasn't even passed yet. Up in Chicago and dealing yeah. with all these different civil rights issues, but also it's just like... We have civil lo- rights with monsters and magic. <laughs> Legit, and it wouldn't sound as interesting if somebody was just like, oh, but it's like... It's really Definitely good. check out the out, uh, like, check out the show because it oh, has, like, yeah. all these things just from, like, the music, like, oh, definitely giving a shout out. You can listen to um, this podcast on Spotify, mm-hmm. but also there is a uh, playlist that Lovecraft Country put out of all the music that they use so far. And it is amazing. There's, there's only a couple of times, because a couple of times they put in some modern music. There's some rap and some modern rock that don't vibe with the aesthetic. Right. But most of the time they hit that good 50s soul that you're like... That matches. <laughs> right. No, the, uh, like, for example, like, one of my favorite songs, uh, Sinner Man, mm. is, like, it doesn't really have a theme song, but they play it at the end of the credits every credit. And it always works. It always works because they, they always have... leave you on, like, a little kind of cliffhanger, like, hey, what's going to happen next? And then, hey, Sinner Man, where are you going to run? And you're like, damn, that was a good episode. Legit, yeah. But all of these, uh, like... The music definitely, like, helps with the show and oh, impacts yeah. and, like, helps tell a story. So it's definitely, like, a, uh, like, great for, like, whether you're a film student or a horror buff or whether you're, like, into all these sci-fi horror mm-hmm. sort of things. Like, 
it's just great to look at all these Hell, different aspects. If you're a social activist, you'll like this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, kind of got something for everyone. No, but uh, if you had to, uh, and I guess a uh, spoiler warning, I'll uh, drop a spot in here where you can, for the timestamp for when you can skip ahead, but pretty much the most recent episode, they uh, traveled ahead, uh, traveled back in time to 1921 to the uh, Tulsa race riots, Mm -hmm. which uh, also made me think of, uh, I definitely think, like, they included that because they were like, okay, it was received really well in the Watchmen show, so they were like, hey, let's do that too. Let's expand upon it. I thought about that too because I know when Watchmen dropped, which we got to finish watching that, we we never did, uh, everyone was like, that's that's a thing. What the fuck is this? Because I did that. I watched that first episode, and I was like, what are they talking about? Right. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. No, because when, uh, like, around my junior or senior year, someone was like, we were doing different history projects, and somebody mm-hmm. was like, yo, have you ever heard about, like, Black Wall Street and the Tulsa Massacre? And I was like, no. And then I looked it up, and I was like, whoa and so when they showed it in watchmen i'm just like nobody's gonna know what this is mm-hmm. but pretty much uh they travel back to tulsa and uh to get the book of names yeah and book. like pretty much like they managed to get it and this is like the like this episode is the infinity war to next episode's end game yeah like it's pretty much just set in the stage and that like i said I told you when the episode ended, and that was my favorite episode of the series so oh, far. Yeah. It was really good. No, definitely, I think they're going to uh, try and, ha- like, if I had to pick which episodes they're going to submit to next year's Emmys, mm-hmm. is uh, Holy Ghost, which is uh, Journey Smollett's character gets a house, and yeah. it's haunted. Yeah, and no, she, that's a really good and one. And she just does a excellent performance. Uh, and then it's going to be the, it's going to be that one, this last episode, episode nine. And then, uh, that one where the aunt gets sucked into the time portal and then is discovering herself, I guess. Right. Yeah. That was a really good, like, uh, like she, like, like she was kind of sleeping through it. Not in like, not saying her acting wasn't great. Throughout the her whole character thing. Was but her character was, like, kind of in the back seat. And then it's yeah. just, like, here's an entire episode for her. Yeah. And like, and same for her daughter in the show. Like, Yeah, that was the... Both eight. of them were kind of, like, sleeping through the whole thing. And now it's just, like... And they're in there. But they don't do it so quickly to where you get, like, whiplash with it. Yeah, it makes sense on how their story's progressing to focus on them. All right. But, no, uh, if I had to make a prediction for... Next episode, I definitely think uh, Atticus's dad dies. Yeah, and maybe Atticus. But uh, I don't think they're gonna kill any of the women. Yeah. But I'm guessing Atticus's dad. I agree with you there, and then maybe Atticus, and maybe I guess I shouldn't say that. Um, the white bitch might die. I uh, forget her name. Oh, Christina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see her dying. I meant none of the women in his family and Journey Smollett's character. Yeah. They're not going to die. No. Uh. Yeah, but no, I pretty much think that's the way it's going to go. But it's just, like, I was checking out today, like, it was, I was like, is, is there going to be a season two? Because I'd be fine with it if they did, like, a one and done, like Watchmen. Yeah. Like, it's just a mini series. I think that's what they're. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely think they're just going to, like, Leave it to where it's like, it's all wrapped up in a neat little bow. And then, like, they'll be like, they'll leave you with a question mark at the end. Or is it? It's like, or is it? It was a man all along. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> uh, no, but pretty much the... <laughs> I definitely think uh, next episode, uh, I don't know. It might be, depending on how much they have uh, Jonathan Majors do... This might be his Emmy episode because he like acts well throughout the whole thing, and he mm-hmm. did a really good job. Like, and it's funny he plays like such a dorky character nerdy, in the Five Bloods. Yeah. And, well, he's a little nerdy in this too. Yeah, but they make him like he, like he's a Korean War vet. Yeah. So he's more he's, hardened, but like he's still like they make him just a giant nerd. 
It's like they, yeah, it's like they combined his dad's from the Five Bloods. They combined his dad's character with his character. Yeah. Because his dad fucked shit up in the Five Bloods while he was just. Hi. He's like, hi, I'm, I'm me. And look at my dorky glasses. And, and they got him in dorky can, glasses. Yeah, but he doesn't wear them all the time, so it's okay. No. Uh, <laughs> that is one of the things, though, just like whenever they have uh, a character in the glasses, especially in that time frame, uh, or even in the 80s, because oh, like when uh, they did Stranger Things and then Barb in the first season with the giant glasses, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. It's just, it's always funny to me. It's like saying, like, somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s, like, uh, optometrists were just like, hey, we got this fixed. Do you want thinner glasses? Well, that's what I always found funny, man. You know, what was it? Benjamin Franklin invented the bifocal in, like, 1760-something. They were tiny the entire time. And then late 70s, 80s, they were like, what if glasses covered your but huge? Yeah, legit. They were just like, okay, what if we get like at first? It's like Ben Franklin's like, what if we have glasses that cover one sixth of your face? And then in the seventies and eighties, like glasses that cover up one third of your face. <laughs> yeah, You're like it's all fa- it's like that's why you see in movies when people are like, wait, let me take my glasses off or so someone gets hit. It's like because it took up all <laughs> your face. face. They were gonna break now. You'd probably get punched. They might not break unless it's direct contact. Back then, no, they were breaking. <laughs> no, but as a uh, person with 20-20 vision, uh, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm happy I don't wear glasses. I had reading glasses growing up, and then I willed myself into uh, not wanting to wear them. And so like, I used to squint when I read, and now I don't anymore, so I'm just like, Fair no, enough. I can't do that. <laughs> you said that very smugly. You know I have 20-20 vision, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. Do I you really? 20, I do have 20-20 vision. It's because I'm cross-eyed. <sighs> I can't remember what the actual disease or whatever it's called. But well, I guess I could probably train myself to not wear them anymore because when I was a little kid, if I took my glasses off, right away my eye would just go and face inward towards my nose. Now it doesn't do it very much. No, there was a uh, point in time wherever I'd see people with glasses, I'd just automatically stop them and be like, so why? What's going on? <laughs> and be like, be like, which one of your family members, which is it your mother or your father that have bad eyesight, and why don't you have contact lenses? And then after seeing my brother wear contact lenses through being a teenager, I'm like, yeah, I just wear glasses too. <laughs> yeah. No, I've because I've I wanted to get them in high school and then I saw how you put them in and I was like, be like no. no, and then I talked about getting them again in uh, college because that'd be easier as an actor. But my optometrist um, was like, eh, we don't really like giving them to guys. We're not used to working around our eyes, so oh, no. True. And I was like, well, I put stage makeup on, and he was like, not the same thing. Get out of here. Do most of your roles, you uh, take them off? Because yeah. all the plays I've seen you in, I don't think I've seen you wear glasses. I don't think I've ever wore my glasses on stage. I think for, well, that's the question. If you would have, if we would have gone forward with uh, Pirates, would you have? Uh, yeah. Especially with all the dancing and shit. What oh, if, true, What true. if one of the other policemen had hit me in the face with a baton? That, oh, my glasses shattering. <laughs> that might have been liable to happen because we are not the best dancers. <laughs> Plus, I, I didn't want to see the audience's reaction to that train wreck of a show going down, <laughs> but you didn't hear that here from me. But no, to uh, hop back into uh, pop culture, I got a uh, something I saw on Twitter recently was uh, Joe Biden. This is not a political podcast, by the way. No. Uh, Joe Biden was uh, with a blizzard, and, like, Twitter just blew up that day, and I was like... He he eats ice cream like I eat ice cream. You're like, hey, he he doesn't. Like, instead of, like, (laughs) I'd have a... Instead of being like, oh, I'd like to have a beer with that president, and be like, I'd like to have a blizzard with that president. (laughs) Okay, now we got to rewrite Hamilton, like... Like you could have a, a blizzard, blizzard with, with him. him. <laughs> no, but I, like I do think it's interesting and kind of like I don't know, desperate in some cases for some politicians. Again, not a political podcast. Uh, the <laughs> it's funny. Again, not a political podcast. 
<laughs> how desperate Biden is trying when he doesn't really need to. Oh, yeah. Because, or... like, like, that shit with the blizzard and then when he played Despacito on his phone, I was like, no, dude. dude, you got to calm down. No, I saw that <laughs> and uh, it was just one of those, like, I, I couldn't even look at the clip. I saw it trending on Twitter and I was like, no, I cringe so hard. And, like, that's why I'm just, like, when you have, like, your, uh, your, like, the younger generation, like, your AOCs and, like, no, any other, yeah. any other politician under 30. Uh, that uh, one, she's Muslim from Michigan. Oh, Omar. Yeah, I think yeah. she's under 30. But just all these, like, politi- the younger politicians who are more in tuned with, Any other uh, young politicians than those two? I don't think there is. Legit. I'm just like, oh, God. You've got it's a just... lot of boomers to get out of the oh, government. Yeah. <laughs> be like, everybody is, uh, like, oh, man, that's one of the things. Be like, nobody ever wants to just be like, okay, that's it. Like, everybody's just like, I'm going to reach this term limit. There is no term limit. They're like, I'm here till oh, I true. die. That's... That's our problem. We need term limits for sentence. Again, not a political podcast. Again, not, not political, we swear. <laughs> These are just uh, hypotheticals. <laughs> uh, we're talking about movies. No, And but, in those uh, movies, we need term limits. No, but the pretty much the whole thing with me, I'm just like, I just don't like saying like, politicians in general on Twitter or Facebook because I'm just like... Le- more so with older politicians because I'm like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm like we our generation be fine with Twitter and stuff, but you know we've seen it, especially Republicans, man. Like Teddy Cruz retweeting porn and then we've <laughs> and all people seen tweeting Trump. at him saying he looks like the Unabomber <laughs> yeah, <he doesn't laughs> or not like, the Unabomber, no, the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. <laughs> They're like he's <laughs> Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Like, I think he ran with that one. He thought it was funny. Oh be like, yep, that's exactly who you want to be compared to. <laughs> yes, I did escape authorities for 30 years. No, but uh, Ted Cruz is always. pretty much. Uh, in my first episode, which you can also listen to, I uh, discussed with on some Spotify of the Spotify or any of your podcast on, listening devices. Like I feel like the uh, like <laughs> like uh, product commercials, like or where or wherever most household items are sold. <laughs> yeah. No. The uh, but on speaking there, speaking of which, let's talk about our sponsor, Nord MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell. It's just like uh, I love that meme. It's just like. I'd be like, hey, I figured we'd uh, get a Casper mattress and NordVPN mm-hmm. and uh, finish up tonight with some, uh, oh, man, what is it called? Hello Fresh. Yeah, like, You've yeah. been listening to podcasts, haven't you? Maybe. <laughs> no, maybe that'd be another podcast I need to launch is just a uh, one of those murder mystery oh podcast, cold case podcasts. <laughs> Cold cases of Nebraska. It's like one episode. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. It'd be like someone pushed a cow over, and I'm gonna figure out why. <laughs> We're talking to the farmer, Clancy Brown. Oh, be like, yep, that's. Oh, uh... cow's fine. I don't really care if you don't find them. We're gonna find them, sir. You have our word. It's just a 30-minute episode. Uh, okay. <laughs> episode. He's really confused. No, but uh, I guess to uh, shift and make a really chunky segue. Uh, <laughs> from politics and to cow vi- tipping to, to video games. Politics and video games do have a a good connection, but I do not want to get into that on this episode. Remember, no rush. Remember, this is, isn't a political podcast. This is, remember, this isn't political. No, but uh, coming out next month is uh, we pretty much have the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 releasing, and uh, you're a playstation player yes yes very much so uh some people like uh caleb cohen <laughs> would like, uh, uh beg to differ caleb cohen. <laughs> beg to differ that uh it's a reputable platform but i don't know I, I i really think the console wars are just stupid it really depends on <laughs> we're building we're, <laughs> we're like crabs in a bucket we just can't <laughs> let anybody win <laughs> we just can't let anyone win. it really just depends on what you intend to play with like I seriously think if you do a lot of online gaming, Xbox is the way to go. Right. But I like single player. That's my thing. I don't play any online games currently. And the thing is, I feel like PlayStation does a lot more experimental stuff, especially with their exclusives. Yeah. And it's all single player. So for me personally, 
Right, but no, That's pretty much. The way to go. <laughs> uh, next month, Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes out uh, on the thirteenth of November. I think it was the tenth. The tenth, yeah. Yeah, it was the tenth. Black Ops is the thirteenth. That's why I got Ooh. that switched around. Two games. <laughs> uh, also, a lot of political memes with Black, Black Ops, Ops, Cold War, and Ronald Reagan. Definitely search Good that up if you want to have a good laugh. Ronnie Reagan and his jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the uh, the uh, Assassin's Creed sequel to uh, Odyssey, Odyssey, which is the third Quite of the more RPG kind of uh, Assassin's Creed style games. Yeah. What do you mean it's a jump? What do you think? Well, no, no, no. It's a fine correlation, but it was funny because Origins, oh, Origins is like, I think it's like 2400 BC. And then Odyssey is like, I don't know, like 1900 BC. And then Viking era is like 800 AD. Like, like that's a huge we, time jump. How about we start here and then go way, way over there? Way the fuck out there. But... Uh, it's, I, I don't care. I'm excited, obviously. <laughs> no, I definitely think, uh, cause I believe it had the same writer or the same, uh, game director as Black Flags. Black Flag. And then he did Origins, dude, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, I need a break. You do Odyssey. But no, I feel like I'm this back. is going to be a lot more well received than Odyssey was, but I don't know. I feel like. Like, it's kind of like Assassin's Creed fandom. It's kind of like Rick and Morty fandom. Like, you're just like, just stop. Just calm down. Just you know, chill out. Fine, fine game series, shitty fan base. Right. We want Enzo back. No, but... Uh, no, we... No. <laughs> no, but pretty much, much like in uh, this uh, game, with the previous game, you played as either Cassandra or Alexios. Yeah. And most of the marketing was leaning towards Alexios, but uh, Cassandra was the one that... Uh, She's canon. Yeah, the the studio was like, okay, this is the one the players are playing as most, like, and uh, relating to the best, and things like that. And then the voice actor was way superior. Yes. And so it was interesting seeing, like, how... Yeah, I think that's what they're doing with Valhalla, because I noticed the girl... It's the it's different for this though because it's the same character, right? Just a female version or a male version. It's not brother and sister like Odyssey, but I noticed a lot of the promotion is the girl, right? And so I think they're like, we know you're gonna like the guy a little bit more. Yeah, because it always just like appear like especially with the, I don't know, like I think they're marketing this one differently because I feel like yeah. people are gonna have the same thought in mind going into this one, like oh I'll play as the female Ivor. Because because of was Cassandra's so such a good better one. than Alexios. I don't know, but pretty much, uh, I think like yeah, we agreed. Like I'll play through as the one, and you can play through as the other, and we'll decide which one was yeah, yeah. better. But like, no, I'm definitely like? getting that within the same like week it comes out. Oh hell yeah, I might pre-order it. I don't know. Maybe really? Wait, wait for my next paycheck. That's more of like a, for me, that's how you can tell if I'm really looking forward to a game mm -hmm. is if I pre-order it. Because I think the last game I pre-ordered was Batman Arkham Knight. And that kind of, it, it's a good game, but with some big lacking areas. What was the last? Oh, I guess the last game I pre-ordered fucked me, man. What was the game? Because uh, I loved, the last online game I played a lot of was Battlefield 1. And mm -hmm. I loved, loved, loved that game. And so I pre-ordered Battlefield Five because uh, I was like, "Ooh, it's just gonna be Battlefield One, but in World War Two. That'll be awesome." And it was not, not an awesome game. And but I, I guess I have faith. I'm right. like, I think, I think Valhalla is gonna be good. Right. No, but uh, I definitely think it'll be good. And it seems like every time, like especially after. Uh, not Odyssey, uh, the one before Origins. it. Origins. Origins. It seems every Assassin's Creed game after that one is just like, it's a game of the year contender. Yeah. So I feel like with this one, it's going to be a game of the year contender. Well, but it's there also. There's been a lot of games this year, too. That's going to help them. Yeah, that'll definitely be uh, one I got to speculate with you. Because I, like, I feel like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. The Last of Us Part Two is going to yeah. get it. Like, there's. 
Because it's one like, of those games that the fans didn't like it, but the critics did. Like, it's like in, in the Oscars when they're just like, here, Green Book. And I'm like, Green Book's an okay movie, it's but not come bad on. by any means, but it's not this. Like, Last of Us 2 is to the Game Awards as Force Gump is to, to the Oscars. They're and, gonna pick it because it makes them feel good right. and uh, socially correct. Like, I don't not mean because it's the best game. Yeah, game. like I don't mean to harp on people's movie taste, but like Forrest Gump is an okay movie, and everybody should know that. Yeah, it, it's one. If it never won Oscar, I'd be like, great movie, deserves the hype. Won a shit ton of Oscars, right. and that was a year that had like really good movies yeah. coming out. <laughs> it should not have been Forrest Gump winning. Man, but no, the. Uh... I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. But the other game I really got my eye on is Cyberpunk 2077 CD, from CD, CD Project, Project Red. Red. We trust. Ooh. And that is definitely my, like, uh, like I'm like, well, I don't trust most game corporations, mm. but when I do, CD Project Red. That's how you know, because I've played one CD Project Red game my entire life, and it's still number one. For my favorite game of all time, and that game was so good. I'm like, I trust these guys. Right. I trust them. <laughs> like, if they were just like, like, even when they kept pushing back, like, I think it was supposed to come out in May, if I was correct. Uh, it was supposed to come out last year. Really? A ri- the original release date was like September last year. Wow. And then they were like, pushing it back till December. Cool. We're going to push it back till May. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Continue working on Pushing it. Pushing back to November. <laughs> no, it was September. They pushed it back yeah, again to September to November. No, but it'll. Uh, I feel like, like what the. Uh, I looked up it. Witcher Three has like, sold so far. A lot. Tw- about twenty eight point three million, and it's definitely more than that now. But uh, the. I say, when was that article? As of. April seventeenth, twenty twenty. They definitely because I know that. they broke a hundred million on sales. But it oh, though this is probably current. But it's like I don't know. But it's oh. just interesting to see like if you produce such a good product, people are still gonna come back to that. Like oh, even yeah. now, like Witcher three came out in twenty fifteen, May yeah. of 20, May of twenty fifteen. <laughs> like that's crazy, and people are like, it still holds up, still doing better. Oh, like. Yeah. Like, I feel like CD Projekt Red is kind of like the like the A24. Like, mm-hmm. if you had to correlate to, like, a movie studio. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, we produce great things, and it's amazing. Even though, like, they've produced three games, or well, four, technically, if you want to count the Gwent card game uh, game. Didn't they produce... I think it's five, but I don't know. But no. I'm not an expert. Yeah, but it's definitely, like... I feel like they're going to blow past records because the internet blew up when they saw Keanu Reeves was mm-hmm. going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. And it already yeah, had a lot of hype behind it. Oh, yeah. And it looks good. Like, the gameplay, uh, the story. And, like, if it is as ambiguous as they're saying, like, where you can really choose your game style, your story, how you approach it, how you approach different missions. Like, there's not, like, a you have to be stealth. You can go guns blazing or you can go stealth or you can go a mix however you want right if it's truly up to what they've been um hyping it as it will be a masterpiece oh and definitely a game of the year contender (laughs) probably if it's as good as they say it should win game of the year i feel i feel like that it's going to be between the last of us part two and uh cyberpunk cyberpunk as much as it hurts me because i really i just finished ghost of tsushima and I'm like, that game was so good. Right, no. But I, I haven't played Valhalla or Cyberpunk yet, so maybe they're going to blow it out of the water. All right, but no, uh, I guess something some people might not know about you is you're a bit of a history buff. Yeah. And this is a game we've played before, but uh, pretty much what is a historical moment or something else important point that happened in history that you think would make a good, like, TV miniseries or a full-fledged movie? Man, you really sprung this on me. There's a <laughs> lot I'd like to... Would you like to hear mine? Sure. I'm All right, with something to think. Going with a TV show with how popular The Crown was, Yeah, I'm surprised... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody 
tries to do like okay like let's start with the white house from like carter on or like reagan onward or something like that yeah that'd be interesting uh for me i'm gonna go war of the roses which was actually what george r R. martin wrote game of thrones on it was about a civil war in england between the lancasters and the i think the rose i can't remember what the other house but there that's how we got lannister and uh stark Uh, right and it was like a like a 20 year period of just everyone getting iced uh like a red wedding did happen it was a real event and uh, i was like if you do like the bbc get cool 100 mil for the budget get a 10 10 episode miniseries right be a damn fine show no just seeing how uh god i'm trying to remember the man it oh no seeing how much uh like Hollywood likes to redo Wyatt Earp all the time. Yeah. I'd love to see just, like, some, uh, like, they probably have done a movie about the Alamo or the OK OK Corral or something like that. They've done, like, three movies about the Alamo. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I remember there's that Disney, Disney's Davy Crockett which has him, he dies in the Alamo, so he dies in the movie there. Then John Wayne did the Alamo, and he was Davy Crockett too. And then they did, it was like Oscar beta shit. In the 2000s, it had like Billy Bob Thornton. and uh, I think Bill Paxton and like all these elite Hollywood actors. And it was like a four-hour epic, and they wanted to get all these Oscars, and then I don't think they got nominated for anything. No, but I would love to see, like I don't know about any big western uh man that's probably what that uh hell on wheels show is about is probably the gold rush and stuff like that hell on wheels is about transcontinental railroad really yeah because it's about the two companies what is it the union pacific and then it's like it's called like the pacific northwest Mm. and the union pacific started in the east and then the northeast pacific whatever the other that company didn't survive right they made a deal to meet in the middle so you could have a, across the whole continent. And to do so, they did a lot of illegal things, a lot of migrant workers and former slaves for cheap labor. And no, that is something like seeing Indians and stuff like seeing that. shows <laughs> like uh, like Boardwalk Empire yeah. and stuff like that, where you have like, okay, let's go back and look at like. When people, like, were getting their hands cut in factories and stuff like that, and no one cared. Like, I feel like, like, I feel like you could do just another show that takes place in that time where it's just like, we have no unions. If you had a union, you were fired or worse. A great (laughs) one would be the Radium Girls. You ever heard this one? Mm -mm. So, uh, in World War One. Radium watches got really popular because they glowed in the dark, and right. that was useful in the trenches. But radium's radioactive, Ooh. and they didn't know that. And so there was a factory of women called the Radium Girls who their job was to hand paint the dials on the watch oh, and to keep the point of their pen, their art brush fine. They would lick it and then get right in there. And some of these ladies worked there for like 10, 15 years. Right. And by the time they realized it was cancerous, these women had holes in their jaws and teeth falling out and just, they all died of radium poisoning as right. one does. And I think that would be a really interesting perspective because no one gave a shit about them. They had to fight. I think the last one died in like 1954 and she was still fighting for like, give our family something. Right. But now after the, uh, after Chernobyl, the uh, HBO miniseries, I'd definitely, like, I'd be down for HBO to just tackle different historical oh, hell yeah. events. Because... Chernobyl knocked it out of the damn park. Like, one, even though, because uh, remind me, Band of Brothers took place during... Oh, World War One, Two. World, two. Sorry. Well, uh, and then uh, the Pacific... Also World War Two, uh, okay. But it's... Band of Brothers was the Europe European campaign of World War Two, and then... Pacific was the Pacific campaign. Like, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, going with war shows, if they do a Vietnam. They're they're coming out with another one about World War II again, but this is about uh, the bombers. Hmm. Because, you know, the people who bombed Berlin, 
I think it was 20 missions and you got to go home, right. but it was only like a 2% chance you were going to get those 20 missions. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I, but I, I personally, I mean, I love, I wouldn't mind I'm doing Vietnam, but there's been a lot of Vietnam movies. Uh, my grandpa was a Korean war vet and I'd really like them because there's no movies or other than mash, right. which is a comedy, lovely, lovely show, but comedy at the same time they nobody's touched the korean war and i'm like do a miniseries about that some wild shit happened in the korean war no it uh that'd definitely be like i don't know like i feel like there's so many shows people could be making but like aren't like they're just like oh no we can't do that it's too much of a financial risk we're gonna play it safe and give the people what they want Right. Not what they need. No, like, uh, with Chernobyl, though, uh, if we're doing, like, another, like, worldly, big political, like, and geographic thing that mm-hmm. happened, I w- it'd be interesting to see HBO do a uh, miniseries about the Cuban Missile Crisis. That would be a good one. That'd be a very good one. Because I feel like you could definitely get, like, get some prime actors to, like, mm-hmm. play Castro, JFK, like, Tr- all these what people. What was the leader? Because... Stalin and just died. Khrushchev, I think, was his name. Hmm. That'd be a, that'd be a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that'd be really good. Ooh, uh, the Russian Revolution. <laughs> you want to talk about some wild, like twenty years, <laughs> man, from when they overthrew the Tsar to like when the Communist Party was like. Firmly in control, man. Whew. <laughs> God, no. But uh, after them doing it uh, so much in HBO's Watchmen and then now in Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. I think uh, I follow Ava DuVernay on Twitter who made uh, Selma. And yeah. someone was like, hey, how about you make a uh, Tulsa... A riot movie, that and then she, a... and then I think she said like Octavia Spencer is doing one, but I I feel like it'd be interesting to see like I... how it got built up and that sort of thing. And I think that I mean obviously a movie would be great, but a mini series about yeah, that, like a Chernobyl style one where you like episode one opens up kind of like Chernobyl where you're like the shit's going down and you're like how the f- did we get here? Right. And then it, it goes back and you see the weeks leading up to the event and then the event and then the aftermath. No, but I definitely like, there's just some stuff where I'm just like, this is like, this could win an Emmy like mm-hmm. easily, especially if you cast the perfect people. Cause you could do like Chernobyl could have done a whole show about, uh, uh, the part in there where the woman is just staying in the hospital with her husband and someone bursts in like, you shouldn't even be in this room. Yeah, like, it's so was, irradiated. She was touching him, too, and all that. Like, yeah. there were so many things they did and, like, had so many spinning plates where I'm just like, this is fantastic. That's, that is uh, how you do a miniseries. Like, HBO had it down, but they knocked it out of the park with that one. No, but if I had to pick... Uh, I'm trying to pick something more recent, like something that happened between, like, 05 to now. Uh... Um, I don't know. Like, after, uh, I feel like I could watch, get into watching, uh, Mindhunter, because they just go through all these, like, really I've seen some of big serial killers, so much yeah. so that, like, the dude that played Charles Manson in that show was Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And so, I, that's the creepy thing about Mindhunter. Have you ever seen when they do like, oh the casting is so good? Character? Yeah, you're like, geez. Like the only one that was just like, okay, this is kind of like off was like one of the dudes like just looks a bit like chubbier than Jeffrey the actual Dahmer. guy. It was Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm just like, yeah, all of them still no, looked like not Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, um, Zach Efron just played him. Oh, uh, Bundy. Yeah. Ted Bundy was the guy was a little heavier than. No, the uh, something, something that was that. Uh, and he wasn't as charming. That as was Ted funny. Bundy. That uh, my friend messed up, and he was like, "Yeah, so that new Al Bundy movie." <laughs> He's like, Bundy. "No, no, that's married with children." You're thinking. About. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
man. No. Ted Kozinski, the fucking Unabomber? <laughs> Ted Kozinski. Oh, man. No, but that, that's definitely something like reading up on that. Be like, man, this dude was just like, uh, don't drink the water. It's poisonous. Taxes are fake. Charities aren't real and stuff like that. And it's just like, Why man, that man? dude had a screw loose. <laughs> That's also something like they definitely, I'm trying to remember, they made a mo- uh, Unabomber movie. But like, I don't know. Like, it'd be something where it's just like, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if Hollywood just tries it again. Probably. Like, especially with Maybe. all this obsession around like cold case podcasts America, and America has a really weird obsession with, with serial killers <laughs> cuz they're just like like the the most recent one like the dude out in California who's was an ex cop I forgot what his like serial killer name was the Golden State killer Yeah yeah he, he was just like yeah I did it and he turned himself and in No uh, they f- oh, DNA. Yeah, because yeah, his like niece did like 23andMe, and that system is tied into the federal database. And the system, without anyone searching for it, just linked that DNA to like one of the blood splatters found at a scene. And they were like, oh, holy shit. So they went and investigated this lady's whole family. And See, that's something I wouldn't be surprised if like there was a Netflix documentary or an HBO oh, documentary be. where it's just like, like, it just starts out, they're filming his uh, niece, and mm-hmm. then it's just like, yeah, so I was getting I a 23 and me done. Just wanted to find out more about my family. No, because he, what was it? Like, he raped and murdered, like, 34 women, and then Got away stopped, with it. Got away with it completely, and then by chance was found, I don't know, I think it was like 22 years after the last murder. No, like there that. are some <laughs> things, though, where it's just like... Wow. Like, when we were watching No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and you see just, like, Tommy Lee Jones touching everything on a crime scene, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the 80s. They, like, that wasn't anything to think of at the yeah, time. Yeah, they had to. They couldn't. They weren't going to get any DNA samples or fingerprints on Like, it's shit. just like, uh, like, it made me think of the John Mulaney joke when he was just like, you tell him it was Golden Joe and the Suggins <laughs> gang. <laughs> and the Suggins gang. No, but, uh, I don't know. I f- yeah, but like you said, I feel like... Like, America definitely has a big thing with serial killers, especially with, like, because I've tried to listen to some of these cold case podcasts, and I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, whether, like, just how they're describing it, I'm like, okay, that's not for me. (laughs) I I remember there was one where I tried to listen to. It was, like, about, they tried to analyze, like, the actual psychology of serial killers and, like, talk about it that way. So I started listening to it because I thought that'd be interesting, but it was too scripted. Right. Like I could tell, I was like, "You're not naturally conversing with each other. You're you're reading a fucking script." Because the way he would ask questions, like, "So tell me, Janine," and then he'd ask a really specific question where I'm like, "That's not natural conversation." Right. And she, her answer would be so robotic, and I'm like, "You're reading this. You're, neither of you is psychologists." No, something that was weird was uh, my mom likes to watch all these like. Stuff on the, uh, it's not Discovery Channel. It's, uh, I think it might be the ID ID network or whatever. Whatever the shows where it's like a homicide hunter and stuff like that. Like my mom likes to watch a lot of crime shows. And whether it's true crime or. Not to shit on our parents, but old people get their fucking rocks off on like (laughs) Like reality TV and then crime shit. (laughs) Like it's just like realism, just knowing like, wow, that happened to somebody. Yeah, I don't know what it is. They like that. (laughs) I don't know. That that would be something about like statistics you'll never get to see. That's something I want to see about. Because my dad's a cop and he like complains about his job all the time. Like he's got to deal with really shitty human beings on a daily basis. And then I go home and he's fucking watching crime, like real crime TV and like cops and shit. And I'm like, don't you get enough of this? Yeah, like you would think he'd just watch like fictional stuff, yeah. like stuff that or never comedies, happens. Comedies, make him laugh for God's sakes. No, the, uh, I don't know. It, it either like you lean one way or the other. Like if you get over a certain age, like you either just really love cowboy movies <laughs> Or true crime, and for or my both, mom, that just happens to be it. both. Yeah, because my dad's both as well. Because, like, I could tell you... God, that'd be an interesting podcast. I could tell you a lot about uh, secondhand knowing of Bonanza, Bonanza by just barely being in the room when it's on. <laughs> oh, my God. Bonanza. 
What a weird show. Oh, yeah. That's some stuff where I'm just like, like thinking back to the old shows, like watching MASH now. And you mm. and I were talking about it earlier. It was just like, you couldn't do MASH now at all. God, no. For a multitude of reasons mm-hmm. with every character. But like. I think Radar is the only, Radar and Father Mulcahy are the only ones you're like, we could do you in modern times and nobody would care. But I, feel, I feel like people would still be like, oh, they're giving that priest a lot of guff. Like. Yeah, but just the character himself wouldn't oh, offend yeah. anyone. No. <laughs> no, but just like, uh, just that, but like, just all these shows like Gunsmoke and Bonanza. Oh. And that's why I'm like, like, well, you have your right Hell on Wheels, where it's like, Hell on Wheels is like, it's a Western, but not really. Like, yeah, so. There's no, everyone's morally great. All these people are just like, uh, like, like Westworld was like, oh, like, so that's why I think like, People are like, oh, the cowboy bubble is like the superhero bubble. When's it going to pop? And now people that do cowboy films, it's just like it needs to be something and something else. Like uh, like there's this movie, The Sisters Brothers, with Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley that I want to see. But it's just like if you got to do a cowboy movie, it's got to be like it's a mystery or mm-hmm. it's this or it's a thriller. It's and it's like, it can't cowboy. just be a cowboy movie. Yeah. I think the last cowboy, like just cowboy movie I saw was Magnificent Seven, I think with when Antoine Fuqua. Fuqua. Yeah. Yeah. No, he but made that, but like, I gotta be honest, time. like after watching once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm like, I would definitely watch an episode of bounty law. Cause I'm like, it looks oh like something God. my mom would have watched. Oh yeah. It, that's what I thought. Cause I thought it looked like the Rifleman. Like I said, it it was that black and white and that kind of. Though the the pilot of the show that they shot in that movie. Oh, Lancer. I'd watch that, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that looked like a good show. No, Johnny Madrid. <laughs> they can only hang me once. Yeah, so no, that was, was like... definitely like I'd be down for Quentin Tarantino to do like uh like HBO's like oh, Lancer God. featuring the, <laughs> the actors, actors from the movie. Dude, if you get. It's just a 10-episode miniseries. Hell yeah. No, but uh, all that would be pretty interesting. But no, pretty much, Ben, I'd uh, like to thank you for being on the show. You owe me. Yeah, but no, pretty much you can listen to uh, <laughs> PopCat. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quiet now. No, but uh, that's pretty much been the episode.